Welcome back to Bat Rankings, where you can come for Batman. That's Dave Anthony. I'm your head scientist, Ben Creighton, and with me as always... Hi, I'm Kenny Wodorski. We're here. We watched Read My Lips today. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was getting a little dry. We're doing this, uh, it's the first time we're doing a back-to-back episode. Yeah, it's always... Little... Yeah, yeah. Thirsty oh, on that me. last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always a little weird, like introing <laughs> the 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 back half of a of a two part recording session because feels like we we got our catch up out of the way. And <laughs> if it seems like if it seems like every other episode we spend a long time talking about what's going on and then like no time, it's not your imagination. It's just the way these things tend to shake out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the Star Trek movie. Every other movie's a good one thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no such pattern with Batman's. You might be, you might be getting a good episode. You might be getting a bad episode. We'll find out what we got today. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So we open up on a boxing match, and the the first thing I notice, and it continues throughout the episode is this really good jazzy gangster music yeah that that was the first thing i noticed too i was like oh man this is great (laughs) yeah but uh yeah some bookie i guess somebody's counting up facts fat stacks of cash uh he calls it the take from today's boxing match tosses it to some security guards who bundle it up in big bags and they're taking it to i don't know wherever wherever cash goes after something like this <laughs> <laughs> but the lights go out and they're beaten up by a bunch of thugs who take the cash and run yes uh it's a pretty smooth uh, i guess robbery theft <laughs> yeah yeah seems seems to go just as planned there's one like huge mook and then two small mooks and uh they've got these like climbing claws that the one of them's weaselly looking. I was calling him Weasley until I looked it up. He is not named in this episode, but he's credited as Ratso. <laughs> <laughs> but he passes out these climbing claws that they use to scale this vertical ventilation shaft to get up to the roof of the building. And they jump out to where this truck has just pulled up to a red light. It's got, like, padding so they can jump safely into the truck and make their getaway just as the cops pull up at the front of the building. It all goes like clockwork. Seems very well planned. And this isn't the only heist. We're going to get the spinning newspaper. And every headline (laughs) is another heist. And egad, they did it again. And will this gang ever be brought to justice? It's great. My... My favorite one of these headlines, one of them is Art Museum Heist Well Coordinated. <laughs> Logistics on point. <laughs> Fine organizational skills in these crooks. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're praising their efficientness. Uh, yeah, it's, so. it's not a reign of terror, it's a reign of efficiency. I love it. <laughs> and uh, it, it cuts to. Commissioner Gordon, he's in his office. He gets spooked by Batman because Batman never just announces himself. He just appears. Yeah, could you, could <laughs> you send a text, Batman? Well, it's the 90s. You can't. Could you call? <laughs> just let me know you're yeah, dropping exactly. by. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Gordon says these robberies, they're, they're really good. They, they know all the ins and outs. We can't stop them. But we did get an amateur videotaper 
was able to catch them leaving the scene of an incident. Are you interested? And Batman mm-hmm. takes it and says, sure. Yep. Batman goes, goes to, takes it back to the Batcave, goes through the footage with uh, Alfred. And these guys are, you know, gloves, masks, no faces, no fingerprints. But the big guy tears his sleeve as they're making their getaway. And Batman's able to do the old CSI zoom in and enhance right. to catch a, a look at his tattoo. Which and he that cross- tattoo is a rhino. Yeah. Cross-references with a database of known criminals and their tattoos <clears throat> and finds that this rhino tattoo belongs to a criminal named Charles Rhino Daly. So he follows him as Mr. Daly is walking down a abandoned alleyway. He's reading a newspaper about all the, uh, the heists that have been going on and Batman confronts him. And Rhino is like, you got nothing on me. I'm not talking about nothing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> a little and altercation ensues. Yep. But Batman, sure enough, he gets nothing out of him. Batman finally has to peace out. But uh, he goes ahead and tails Rhino to the gang's hideout. And this hideout is at <laughs> abandoned mannequin factory. <laughs> One of Gotham's many creepy abandoned factories. I said that out loud. (laughs) Uh, And at this creepy abandoned factory, there are the other hired goons. And this is where we get introduced to who's in charge. The gangster known as Scarface. Yes. So the hired goons, we've we've met Ratso and Rhino. The third one is just a pretty normal looking guy. He's called Muggsy in dialogue. So... Yeah, very much a 1930s black and white gangster movie vibe that we're getting here, which is right. is just great. And with no one so much as Scarface. So there's, uh, he's, I don't know that he's ever named. He's called the Ventriloquist, uh, except by Scarface, who calls him Dummy. But he's this balding, white-haired, uh, opaque, round-rimmed glasses, just nebbishy-looking guy, uh... Not really sure why he's part of the gang. Doesn't seem like much of a criminal type until he goes and fetches the boss, who is a literal ventriloquist's dummy made up to look like a gangster with a prominent scar on his face. He wears a fedora and a three-piece suit. He carries a little (laughs) miniature Tommy gun. He is just the most adorable criminal mastermind you ever did see. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. I was like, aw, isn't that cute? (laughs) And Ratso is apparently new to the gang. He, at one point, tries to address the ventriloquist, and Scarface corrects him. Hey, hey, who you talking to, creep? He's just a hired help. I'm the boss here. You talk to me. Sorry, boss. He's new. He don't know the score. Yeah, well, he better get with the program pretty quick. I don't stand for no lack of respect. So there's there's a little back and forth, a little impromptu planning session here. They're talking about Batman being on their on their tail. We get some extra exposition. Yeah, uh, Batman takes this uh, information back to the Batcave and he puts it in his Bat computer. And even mm. the Bat computer is kind of confused by it. Apparently, uh, it's like two multiple personality disorder. And learning through ventriloquism, even the back computer can't really discern it. Uh, yep. Apparently Zatana or Zatara had trained him in the ways of ventriloquism. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the back computer fed audio samples of both of the voices. The ventriloquist and Scarface thinks they're two different people. They are, however, the same voice actor, George. 
I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation. It's a very Zunda. strange spelling. Yeah, Zunda. it's it's D-Z-U-N-D-Z-A. I'm guessing Zunza? I'll say Zunda. <laughs> uh, he was on Law and Order. <laughs> yeah. In any case, he's fantastic, and I knew I recognized the ventriloquist's voice. He used the same voice when he played G. Carl Francis in The Laughing Fish. Uh, you know what's funny is he is Perry White for the Superman animated series. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> just just like the Bat Computer, I the the whole reason I looked this up is I had to know is this the same voice actor? What a fun pair of roles for a voice actor to play. He knocks he's it good. out of the park. Yeah, he is great good. as both characters. They got their money's worth out of him. He did a good job. <laughs> yep. And Batman had so he snuck in to the headquarters after hours and interrogated the ventriloquist and the ventriloquist he, he doesn't tell me anything. Not his plans, not where he hides the loot. I swear I'm just a flunky. I know nothing. You can think I'm dumb. Just don't talk to me like I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and so Batman decides to leave, but he puts a little, uh, I don't know, what do you would call it? A, a bug. Yeah, listening device. Listening device on the bow tie. Yep, the ventriloquist's bow tie and finds out that the gang is planning to steal a bunch of platinum from a luxury liner. They have this really cool way of getting into the boat. It's a hose that shoots acid, and it eats through in a circular way through the boat's hull. And yep. that's how they sneak in and start taking out the platinum and putting it on their escape boat. Pretty cool. Pretty, I like that design. Yep, so Batman shows up to stop him, to stop them, but Rhino shoves just a big pile of these heavy platinum bars on top of him. That's our our cut-to-commercial cliffhanger. And when we cut back, Batman's all tied up, uh, dangling over sharp, pointy mannequin hands. <laughs> yeah, they got uh, red um, fingernails, painted red fingernails. They look really sharp. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> kind sure. of a novel death trap, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, Scarface says, yeah, do you think I'm stupid? Dummy works for me. He told me all about how you interrogated him. This whole thing was a trap. Yeah. Uh, and Batman says, you know, I didn't just figure this out. You think I just walked in here? No, I had help. And the whole time Scarface has felt like somebody has been narking on him. Yeah, he's real paranoid. He uses this to his advantage. And uh, Scarface, the, the dummy, says, I knew it. I knew it. Which one of you guys has betrayed me? And you get a little back and forth here. Uh, but Batman starts throwing his voice, which is also pretty neat. Yep. Uh, blames it on the ventriloquist. <laughs> so you get a wonderful acted scene <laughs> in which the ventriloquist points the little baby Tommy gun at <laughs> his face <laughs> from the dummy. <laughs> And uh, Batman's throwing his voice to make it sound like the ventriloquist is antagonizing the dummy. It's a great scene. Yep. And and Scarface Scarface orders Muggsy and Ratso to kill the ventriloquist, but they won't do it because they know. <laughs> One yeah. of them, I think it's Muggsy, says, I mean, you know, if we kill him, then you'll. And he gets cut off. Scarface says, then I'll do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I think this would be a good time. Let's do some Anthony ratings. I don't believe it. Anthony. I think we've got some potential to be maybe not the top at the top, but I think these are some good mooks. 
I I think they're very good. Yeah, they they're loyal, they're obedient. Uh, Rhino's not the brightest, but he brings a lot of muscle value, and he stays tough when Batman tries to shake him down for information. He's Rhino's also, yeah, Rhino's no stoolie. You know, and and also there's some heart there. I think. Uh, I think he, so. He seems to genuinely care about not just the heist, but also about the heist master. And uh, he doesn't care that it's a dummy. He, just, he doesn't yeah. give any shits about that. He, he'll talk to the dummy. He talks straight to the dummy. <laughs> yep. so, yeah. Well, um, and, and he cares not only about his boss, but also his his co-mooks, his colleagues. Because when, when Scarface gets mad at Ratso, Rhino is quick to step in like, it's it's okay, boss. He just doesn't know yet. We're going to teach him and everything's going to be cool. He yeah. really he, he wants this gang to be a, a cohesive unit that always has each other's back. He's I a good this, team player. This is a very good team that's been assembled here. Uh, I'm going to go and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to say 550. I, I think we can go higher. I think these guys are, I, I, let's say 650. Oh, damn. Okay. Six. 650. You know what? I'll, I'll concur with that. All right. Uh, for those of you who are just joining in, we should probably say the Anthony yeah. ratings is, uh, the Anthony scale. There was a hired goon named Anthony. Who, me? In a Scarecrow episode who had a lot of heart and a lot of charisma. And so for all hired goons, we have this scale in which we rank our hired goons or mooks. The number one, of course, was Harley Quinn. Yep. Uh, she broke the scale. Yes, uh, so back the when scale she was is. A hired goon. <laughs> yes, so the scale is 1 to 1,000 Milla Anthony's. A Milla Anthony being 1 1,000th the mook value of an Anthony. Uh, so Anthony, of course, being worth 1,000 Milla Anthony's, Harley broke the scale at 1,200, 20% more mook value than Anthony himself. It was a mess. There was glass everywhere. I'm still <laughs> sweeping it up. Uh, it's, but it's true. You can't get rid of that stuff. No. Don't, do not do not take your shoes and socks off in this laboratory. You will exactly. get glass in your feet. We can't, you know, we can't say that you will get glass in your feet, but we are saying you definitely will get glass in your feet. So I keep them shoes on. Uh, This is, uh, I would say, one of the better mooks we've had as part of this organization. So, you know what? I concur with your number, 650. Yeah, and in fact, I would bump Rhino up to 700 just because of the extra muscle. There is, in this third act, there is a Batman versus Rhino fist fight that is one of the better just knockout, knockdown, dragout fist fights we've had between Batman and a mook. Rhino's just no-selling all of Batman's punches. Like, Rhino presents an actual physical threat to Batman. He does. Which is not something you see a lot from just a mook with no gadgets, no superpowers, no gimmicks. Not just fisticuffs. Yep. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll concur with that as well. All right. But uh, long story <laughs> short, at the end of this this big brawl, uh, Muggsy picks up a Tommy gun, tries to shoot at Bats. Bats dodges out of the way, and he winds up filling... Scarface full of bullets instead. Uh, yeah, and the poor ventriloquist, he's, he's watching. He, no! As yeah, tears he, streaming down his eyes. Now, this episode was animated by TMS. Oh, okay. That's good. And, and honestly, throughout most of the runtime, I'm looking at it like, you know, I mean, this is good, but I've seen better out of Don Yang or, or a few other studios. I think TMS might be, you know, coming down from their crown of top tier studio 
But then this shot of the ventriloquist mourning his boss, yeah. I think uh, I think that really that 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 explained to me, ah, this is why you pulled in TMS for this one because <laughs> they're still top tier when it comes to those expressive faces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Do we rank the ventriloquist as a mook? I think we do. I do think we? Scarface is the villain and Ventriloquist still counts as a mook. Okay. All right, then, yeah. Uh, he genuinely does care. Yeah, he, he brings less value than the other mooks. He's not, he's not taking part in the heists. He's, he's so, an organizer, though. Well, that's the thing. Scarface is the organizer. He all he really does is carry Scarface around and and go step and fetch stuff for him. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six hundred. Okay. A little more he has even more heart than the other mooks, but just brings less logistical mook value. Alright. I'm okay all right. with that. <laughs> he checks the dummy in at night, so that's nice of yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Lots of, plenty of heart there. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> then we go to the jail. It's yep. not Arkham, Arkham Asylum. Is no, it Arkham? I'm, I'm fairly sure it is Arkham Asylum. Oh, I thought it was just going to be a random jail. All right. Well, he's uh, he's hold on. At... I'm gonna I'm gonna do my do my good podcast Ben research and check here. Okay. Okay. Yes, it is according to DCU uh, DCAU.fandom.com/wiki. It is Arkham Asylum. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Uh, it makes sense. He's a bat villain. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's certainly insane. It would be, it would be, I, I cannot imagine why you would not put this criminal of all criminals in Arkham. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could see him at Blackgate, but uh, he's in there. He's in shop class <laughs> yep. and he is making, he's working with something. He's sanding it down and a doctor yep delivers a bit of exposition saying the medication seems to be helping and yep. another doctor says you're doing a very good job very well done and the uh, yep. ventriloquist says thank you very much nobody bothers to look at what he's making <laughs> it's, it's uh, another creepy fucking doll doc- fucking dr bartholomew man <laughs> fucking dr bartholomew uh, so, so dr bart we got this new patient here uh so here's his deal multiple personalities he's got an obsession with ventriloquist dummies that seems to be the trigger for his psychosis okay sounds like sounds like we ought to put him in woodshop yeah <laughs> that seems like a safe bet to rehabilitate this insane man he is making <laughs> a doll and he takes an exacto knife to make a yep. new scar face on the doll they let him have an exacto knife Yep. <laughs> you morons. <laughs> that, that immediately struck out to me. It's like, I don't think you should have anything sharp when you're. See, <laughs> if 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 Dr. Harleen Quinzel was still working here, you know what she would have suggested as a therapeutic hobby? <laughs> What's that? Macrame. Yeah, I was. Thinking, and he'd be better off for it. <laughs> I was thinking working in the kitchen or something. Uh, fucking anything but woodworking. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Let's put him in one shop. Uh, but that's how our episode ends. It ends with us thinking he'll be back, which, spoiler alert, he will be back. But <laughs> he will. Uh, that is Read My Lips. Ben, <laughs> does this episode hold up? It does. This episode's great. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a very simple story, but it's well told, and it's lots of fun. 
when we were wrapping it up, there's probably more that we missed, but honestly, yep. all the beat points, we pretty much summarized all that you need to know. It's it's a pretty clear-cut episode, but it's it's execution. Uh, the jazzy music, the, the yeah. great voice performances, the wonderful design and uh, the atmosphere, it's it's great. Yes, indeed. The voice voice performances are great. And Scarface slash the Ventriloquist is a fun character. It's a different take on the whole multiple personality thing than Two-Face. Yeah. It, it would have been easy for those two villains to feel redundant, like, oh, here's another one. that This is his gimmick. But the thing about Two-Face is that his... His particular version of insanity is really only interesting in the origin story. And then after that, the whole multiple personality thing kind of goes away. Right. You know, it's not Harvey Dent versus Big Bad Harv anymore. It's just one personality. He's Two-Face. He's obsessed with the number two. This was fun. I, I enjoy the idea of this ventriloquist has no idea what the dummy's thinking and vice versa. Yeah, now you do have to give in to the comic book logic of it all, because Two-Face, that actually is how disassociative personality disorder works, where, you know, you've got this this childhood trauma, and you, you're experiencing emotions that you don't know how to process, that you want to disassociate yourself from. Uh, the way the ventriloquist works, that's the, the BS, silly Hollywood version of multiple personalities, where it's... It's basically like you're possessed. There's no real reason or motivation for it. But I think that's okay. Yeah, it's, this isn't... it's a comic book movie. It's, you know, I think it yeah. works. Yeah, it's not taking itself seriously. It's just there as a fun premise. What if there were this, yeah, these two personalities that weren't aware of each other, that couldn't share information? Let's deal with that. And I, I like that a lot. Yeah. So with that said, I think it's time... To do some science, I'm a disciple of science. I know the universe is in full compliance with figure out exactly laws. where this episode ranks on our master list of 57 episodes. All right, well, let's turn on the beakers and get those going. And uh, let's, uh, add the dino therms. Let's connect those. Mega thrusters seem to be go. So let's uh, put some yeah, lab coats on and pants Pantses off. Woo! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Two-Face, Zeno, Evil, Hartley, and Ivy, Demon's Quest, Cat, and the Claw, where the Grey Ghost, the man who killed Batman, almost got him, perchance to dream, Robin's Reckoning, Heart of Ice, Laughing Fish, I Am the Night, Day of the Samurai, Eternal Youth, Pretty Poison, The Forgotten, Joker's Favor, Feet of Clay, His Silicon Soul, Clock King, Heart of Steel, What is Reality, If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich, Joker's Wild, Vendetta, The Last Laugh, Nothing to Fear, The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne, Zatanna, Dreams in Darkness, Off Balance, The Mechanic, Tiger, Tiger, Appointment, Crime Alley, On Other Wings, Christmas with the Joker, Mad as a Hatter, Blind as a Bat, Mudslide, Moon of the Wolf, Ned of the Ninja, Fear of Victory, Shadow of the Bat. POV, Prophecy of Doom, Birds of a Feather, Be a Cloud, The Cape and Cal, Conspiracy, Fire from Olympus, Paging the Crime Doctor, It's Never Too Late, The Underdwellers, Nobody's Perfect, Terror in the Sky, Cat Scratch Fever, and I've got Batman in my basement! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I pushed that first breath a little harder, but it gave me some, some breathing room, nice. <laughs> so to speak. Very good. I worked out. I feel good about that one. <laughs> RNGesus is... Read my lips better or worse than number 55, Terror in the Sky. It is better. <laughs> Way better. Terror in the Sky's boring. Terror in the Sky's below Hammerman. Terror in the Sky <laughs> might have been when you had COVID. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Isn't, isn't, isn't that the one where our, where our episode was only like 15 minutes long? Yeah, because we recorded um, it and then uh, 
it didn't record, so we did it again, but you look like you are going to puke your guts out, which you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that was COVID, because that one was nausea, uh, okay. um, which is not... It can happen with COVID, but it's not one of the, the telltale symptoms. And remember, I got I got sick like twice right in a row. I had that bad nausea, and then uh, as yeah. soon as I got over that, that's when I got the, like, fever and cough and flu-like yeah, right. symptoms. So, yeah. Regardless, fuck terror in the sky. This one's better. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. All right. Is Read My Lips better or worse than number 33, The Mechanic? Yeah, yeah, I think it's better. Yeah, I concur. Nothing wrong with The Mechanic. That's a solid episode. Not perfect, but this one has a lot more to recommend it. The mooks have personality. The villain's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is Read My Lips better or worse blue than number two? See no evil. No. Nah, see no evil's still better. Yeah. That that had emotional stakes. That had the tragedy of a child in danger and a and an estranged father and husband yeah. and an invisible car. I still haven't seen that movie. I really want to. The Invisible Man. Oh yeah, I, I keep hearing good things. I I think it's out on home video now. They rushed it because theaters aren't exactly a thing right now. Right, the little girl is the the woman in the in the show in the movie. I, yeah, I just think that's it boggles my mind. It's like <laughs> I wonder if she read the script and was like, "Hey, I did this as a kid. You know what? Sign me up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like riding a bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> you never forget. Yeah, I want to watch that movie just out of kind of pure curiosity to see how yeah. her performance is. Uh, I hear good things, so. Yeah. But in the meantime, is Read My Lips better or worse than number 13, I Am the Knight? Yeah, I think it is. I concur. I think it's close because they're very different episodes. This one's just pure comic book logic silliness. I Am the Knight is is a, a is all about character and consequences and emotion. Uh, yeah. But I think this one, Read My Lips, it was pretty smooth sailing. I never once got bored. Yeah, I think this is well-constructed in a way that I Am The Night is a little... It's a little slower in a way that does work, but I think I would still give Read My Lips the edge. Yeah. Wow. Read My Lips is going to rank real high then. Holy crap. It should. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it is very good. Is Read My Lips better or worse than number five, The Cat and the Claw? And there I think Cat and the Claw gets the edge for all the fun Bruce and Selina, Batman and Catwoman stuff. Yeah, I All agree. the big bombastic set pieces. I agree. Yeah. This, this is one of those that's a really nice contained 22 minutes, whereas Cat and the Claw was maybe a little too big for its own good, but... It has a lot of good stuff in it. Right. All right. In that case, is Read My Lips better or worse than number 10, Robin's Reckoning? Pregnant women are smug. I, I think Robin's Reckoning is better. I'm not married to that. I See, I feel the same way. I would my, my gut is telling me that Robin's Reckoning gives the edge, but... I don't want to, you know what? Maybe we should just get down to some science and just, yeah. just try and, because we don't go with our gut here. We, we test everything with That's science. True. It's what it's all about. Okay. So Robin's Reckoning has Biff Tannen. 
Who you call it butthead? Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's also got some, you know, really good, uh, uh, you know, character dynamic uh, relationship between Batman and Robin, you know, bonding over their tragic circumstances and, uh, you know, but whatever, mostly Biff Tannen. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it had a lot of, you know, nostalgia flashbacks. Um, it also had, I, I think, a great performance from the guy who plays Robin, his contra- uh, Lauren Lester, that's his name. His contrast with Kevin Conroy, I think those two definitely worked well together on this episode. Yeah. Alfred was a good presence in that episode. It wasn't really about him, but he was always there because that is the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, Robin grew up in this house with Batman and Alfred as his parental figures. Yeah. And insofar as Batman is a, is a father figure, Alfred is... I mean, sort of a grandfather, since Alfred is the father figure to Batman, but also kind of a maternal, like, more nurturing figure uh, versus Batman's more distant paternal energy. Yeah, uh, the Read My Lips episode is a zippier episode. Yeah. Which is one of its strengths. Yeah, um, it's it's more fun, I yeah. would say. But... I would still give the edge to Robin's Reckoning just for having that that character stuff that I really appreciate, which was you know, not not entirely missing, but was certainly not the focus of Read My Lips. I think that you need Robin's Reckoning to understand more about the dynamic duo. You, I wouldn't say skip Read My Lips at all. You definitely no. watch Read My Lips, but... To understand and appreciate the characters, Robin's Reckoning is kind of a requirement. Yeah, I mean, Robin's a part of the ongoing ensemble of this show, and it's you, you need a focus episode to to justify him being in the show as much as he is. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, all right. I concur. So, in that case, is Read My Lips better or worse than number 12, Laughing Fish? <laughs> the other, uh, <laughs> the other one with George uh, Zunza or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, shit. I'm going to go with laughing fish. Once again, not married to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a little the other way, like, more on the side of read my lips, but but like you, not married to it. So yeah. let's let's consider this with some science. Okay, uh, I think the music is better in read my lips. I think you get a fun performance from Harleen Quinn. True. So you get a, a fun mook value, but shoot, you get a good performance from Rhino. Yeah, yeah, like the. Mathematically, the three of these mooks together, just about... So, Milla Anthony's isn't necessarily a linear scale, is the thing. I think uh, (laughs) it's not like you just... Well, these guys were, uh, you know, 700 and 650 and then uh, then 600 for the ventriloquist. So, you add... It doesn't really work like that. But I think between all of the mooks, they almost add up to a Harleen Quinzel. Yeah. Uh, the Joker's always a fun presence, absolutely. Although I, th- 
there are other Joker episodes. Like, I think this might be the one that, that ranks highest on our list so far. But still, there are a lot of places you can go to get a good Joker fix. And so this one's a little more unique in its villain. Not necessarily better, but more unique. Yeah. You know, breaking it down with science, I'm I'm okay with the read my lips. But I think we're damn close now. Yeah, well, we're so close, we only have one more decision to make. Okay. And that is, is read my lips better or worse than number 11, Heart of Ice? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now it gets really tough. And, and, you know, I think I got to give us the slightest of edges to read my lips. Yeah. Just because every part of read my lips is consistently good. Whereas Heart of Ice is resting almost entirely on Mr. Freeze's dope monologues. Yeah. Which are amazing. Like that high point might be better than any individual element that that uh, Read My Lips brings to the table. But Read My Lips is, I think, a better total package. I'll agree with this. I Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one, though. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and not, not to short sell Heart of Ice, because it does have those awesome monologues. It's also got, like, Read My Lips is visually strong, thanks to TMS. I believe Heart of Ice is also a TMS episode. And I think might be slightly stronger visually, mm-hmm. but I, then there's... I love the the jazzy underbelly. It's hip. It's it's yeah. It's got this kind of I wouldn't say youthfulness, but it doesn't it feel a little bit more youthful. It's it's got an energy to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it makes you just kind of like you hop to the beats. Um, I like the the dynamic of the characters how they make these heists happen mr freeze well done performance yeah but more like a slow methodical you know uh heart of ice or uh read my lips is over here going yeah and and heart of ice is over here going dun 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 it just kind of depends on your mood, I would think. Yeah, uh, it's it's a bass drum versus a hi hat. Which do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm gonna give it the edge to read my lips still. I, I agree. All right. Well, that puts read my lips in the new number eleven slot, just below Robin's Reckoning, narrowly missing the top ten, <laughs> and just above Heart of Ice. Ah. Uh. It feels wrong, doesn't it? It just feels wrong. It, it's it, right, but it feels wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's science, though. You yeah, can't, it's true. You, you can't beat science with feelings. It's like I, when uh, Pluto got denoted from from a planet. Yeah, it, 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 I, all the scientists they backed it up with facts and figures, but the part of you that grew up knowing Pluto being the ninth planet, you're like, yep. no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It feels wrong, but you can't argue with science. Yeah. Your 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 facts or uh, feelings are not facts. <laughs> that's true. So uh, that's what we learned here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what kind of facts we'll be testing next week. 
Next week we have The Worry Men. Do you recall this episode, Kenny? I do. I think uh, it's these mind things that people sleep on. Yeah, I I, th- I want to say this is a Mad Hatter episode, if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, and I... I think, I mean, we'll see. I think this is kind of the one where it's like, wow, remember when Mad Hatter had a motivation instead <laughs> of just stealing money? <laughs> yeah, I remember it's uh, people put these little devices underneath their pillow and they sleep on them. And that's when, you know, random acts of violence occur. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how well that one holds up next week. In the meantime, Kenny, where can folks find you on the internet? You can find me on Weiski TV, on Instagram, YouTube, and the Facebook. And you can find me at HBI2K on Twitter or twitch.tv slash Ben Creighton. And you can always find us right here on anchor.fm slash batrankings, where you can subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice, give us that five-star review, if you think we're worth five stars. If you don't, <laughs> keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion, just don't share it with yeah, anyone else. We're not That's hurting all. anybody. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, if you're so inclined, just lie for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you probably do it all the time. Do it for us, yeah. too. <laughs> I'm lying right now. <laughs> it's fine. Everybody yeah. does it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do appreciate your support. Thank you yep. for those who have donated to us. We, we definitely appreciate that in this time that we are living in. And thank you for listening to us. And we will see you next week for The Worry Men. Very cool. Bye, everybody.